Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bias Football Show, the home of agendas, vendettas, and everything in between. Sure. My name is Chukwemeka Chikskeke, a.k.a. the Black Stephen Gerrard, a.k.a. All Drip No Slip. And <laughs> we have a very interesting panel of uh, football minds for you today. We have Kelechi Odom. Hi, people. <sighs> what Daniel Diapu? What's good? I've got Chetana Musu. What's going on, good everybody? All right, lads. So for our topic today, we have our number one topic is a very polarizing topic in the football world. Is Cristiano Ronaldo finished? Is he truly and really finished? Uh, the second topic on our agenda for today is Bruno and Pogba in midfield. A real scary sight. And for the last topic, who do you think will be in the top six? Uh, so to start, we'll be starting with our most polarizing topic. Is Ronaldo finished? Uh, lads who would like to take us away on that one? <laughs> I, I'll go first. Okay, so is Ronaldo finished? Simple answer, yes. But let me explain this further. So, a simple eye test. Um, if we look at Ronaldo here, I feel like when you ask his fans, what do you like about Ronaldo? They just say, like, his goals. But, like, do you actually enjoy watching Ronaldo play? Are you entertained when you see Ronaldo play? Like, United Ronaldo was very, very good. Like, he was involved in everything. But since then, as the years have gone by, he's just focused on goals, efficiency. And the moment he's not scoring, everything else is pointless. Like, he doesn't do much. And so, for me, like, I can't sit down and watch a player waiting for those, like, clutch moments. And if that never comes, like... He has his thinker, so what's the like? What's the point of it all? So, for me, yes, Ronaldo is completely finished. And uh, if I can just uh, get on this, because I'm the only person apparently going to support Ronaldo today, because oh, you're not alone. Uh, trust me. Oh, thank you very much. But like that argument there, just is terrible. I mean, okay, you don't like watching him. That doesn't mean he's done as a footballer. I mean, the fact that he doesn't play the attractive football you've been wanting him to play doesn't reduce the fact that he impacts games on a consistent basis. Like, every season, he gives you at least 20 goals in the league, which is nothing you can say about a finished player. He's, like, consistently popping up and scoring goals. Yeah, he's not dribbling everybody every match. But, I mean, he has his moments of brilliance. There's nobody else that's going to literally come and destroy Atletico Madrid in their own house everywhere he is i mean he's not a finished player he he knows the ball it's just that maybe he's no longer playing for the whole 90 minutes but i mean he's what how old 30 34 35 35 i mean it's nuts <laughs> so yeah i can't call him finished but i mean i would accept he doesn't play attractive football anymore those days are done yeah but yeah to piggyback off of of chat i think I think the problem right now is because of the dominance of Messi and Ronaldo over the years, like this kind of coming maybe like 10 years now, maybe even more, we are now left with this huge, like this monumental expectation that a player is supposed, like those players are supposed to be at a certain standard. And yeah, that's fine. But um, at the same time, you have to consider the fact that these guys are aging. They're not robots, but you know, 
they're aging, he's getting old. He's 35 for a center forward is like, we're talking Ibrahimovic type of like, a type of situation where, you know, you're, you're, you're almost at the end, but you're still producing at a consistent level. And the fact that he's doing it, you know, he's able, for me, I respect him even more. The fact that he's able to do it, you know, and maintain his goals to give no yeah, maintain that ratio across multiple leagues. Like yeah, of course, like of course he's not gonna be of course he's not gonna be um entertaining. Like come on, he's thirty-five. Like <laughs> like come on. He's not he's not he's not that quick anymore. He's not that silky anymore. He's not that agile anymore. Um he has his moments of brilliance and he has his clutch moments, which are very key at this stage because I mean you're looking for a winner and you know you're talking about if the clutch moments never come but the truth of the matter is they always come they always come and maybe everyone is is on some you know you know recency bias right now because you know the league's been done for a while due to the pandemic and in his first game he he drops a quote unquote stinker but I mean come on Cut the guys some slack. If I may interject, um, what would you guys like see your definition as, of finished as? Is it that he doesn't produce anymore or he has depreciated too far to be considered a valuable enough player? Okay. Um, so when, when I say finished, I think obviously I'm comparing like Ronaldo now to what we've seen Ronaldo do in his career. And for me, I I would say a finished player is just someone that doesn't live up to their name. Yes, that doesn't live up to their name anymore. Like he's he's the type of player now that you you pretty much have to have like it's similar to Messi as well, to be honest. And I think that's just because of age. But you have to like build a team around, around them. him. Yes, around them because they're not going to like they're not going to be as involved. Um, in the game, as you would want, like as you'd want him to, and like he requires more protection. Yes, to play the game he's playing. exactly. And if in in this in a situation where every other person is occupied, and now you have you have to like rely on Ronaldo to let's say get the ball and actually do something with it. He's not that type of player anymore. Like he's, you have to. He has to be in the box waiting for everyone to do the work. To come. Like before we get to the, before you get to the final third, and that's when you see Ronaldo. I feel like if you have someone like that on your team, at the end of the day, it might become a detriment. And like we saw that in, we saw that last season in the final of um, against against Sampdoria for the Coppa Italia, and that game they lost three one. And I can confidently say that I don't, I won't say it's Ronaldo's fault, but I can say the clutch moment did not come. And in that type of game, they were they were looking they were looking for him to do something in the final third, and it just wasn't happening. And the moment you do that, like the moment you're expecting a player to obviously deliver to his normal standard, and he's not like all the time, I can say that like he's not like for me. If you put who's if you, if they told you to list your top five right now. Is Ronaldo going to be there? Okay. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Finished if he's not in my team. I feel you. I feel like finished is a strong word. Finish yeah, is yeah, strong but like, I mean, for all purposes of, you know, agenda. Yeah. Stuff, I, get, I get that. But to answer to answer Chuck's question, yo, bro, finished is 
Schweinsteiger at Man United. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That is no, no. That was that was a waste. That was a waste of money. Yeah, that is finished. Finished is I, I don't know. Like that for me. That's the first thing that comes to mind when mm. that's a first scenario. Um, you're talking about building a team, building a team. Someone like Ronaldo needing you to build a team around him at this age, and I want to reference Messi because I mean that's the only person you mm-hmm. can actually bring up in comparison. But what I would say is, yeah, Messi's a phenomenal player, and he doesn't. Ne- well, you could say he doesn't necessarily need to build a team around him, but you also we also can't negate the fact that Messi has been in one club for all his career. So it's very easy to, you know, to already be in that rhythm, to already have that comfort, that support all around him. And Ronaldo is, you know, constantly transitioning. And in that Juve team, like that Juve team was a complete overhaul, you know, even like that right down to the manager. So yeah, maybe he didn't, you know, the clutch moment didn't come in that final, but, you know, we see it in the Champions League all the time. Like, for someone who, like you know how we joke, we joke about how he's he could be like asleep for the whole half a season, and once February rolls around the corner and the knockout stage of Champions League starts, mm-hmm. wake again. Like, what more do you want? Like that for me at that age, that's something like it should be respected. I don't think he's finished, man. I don't think. He's um, can I just um, answer Chuck's question for a yeah. second? I- I, for one, think a Finnish player is a player who is done doing what he was supposed to do. Like, mm. that's my opinion. Like, right. if you are a goal getter, right. the moment you can't do that anymore, you're finished. Once your original function has been usurped by either a decline in form or age, that means you're finished. And for that reason, I feel Ronaldo is still, I mean, he's at the end. We can taste it. Like, one knock too many, and this guy is done. You can no, tell it. But if I speak, but like for that example of saying you have to build around him, I fully get that. But that's not only because he may be finished, because there are many examples of players being built around. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to use Messi because Messi is someone who is slightly older. But take a look at Chelsea for the last four seasons. Literally, there was nothing else going on that club without Hazard. We couldn't do a single thing without having the ball played through that guy. He literally was exempt from every other duty. No need to track back. No need to make the ridiculous runs. I get the whole he's being built around, even though I disagree with that because that UV team is trash. Let's all be honest with ourselves. There's nobody in that team that you're looking at and saying, I want him on my squad. I'll take Dybala any day of the week, please. Dybala is everybody's immediate argument. But the problem with Dybala is he's another one of those players that you have to build around. Mm. He's not somebody you just slot into your team. Dybala is not entering Arsenal without a major overhaul of your midfield. (laughs) He needs people to play around with. Agree, disagree. 
Okay, okay. so on, on the finish point, I feel like we're going into semantics when we say, but we know we know what we mean when we say is Ronaldo finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we know we know we know what we mean. Like we're not talking Schweinsteiger finish. We're talking like Ronaldo standards finish. Like is he done or not? And I feel like we, if if we're true to ourselves, we should say yes because I've, I've asked this question now and I'll ask it. I'll ask again. Would you actually put like today? Would you put Ronaldo in your top five or even top ten? Right, like. Yes. Top ten, I will immediately say yes. Definitely. But top five, there may be a suspension of disbelief. I may be looking around and saying, okay, there's Mbappe, there's Messi, and I'm now trying to I'm trying to give myself excuses to put Ronaldo here. There is the top ten. Definitely. So that's where that's where Kele gets us now. (laughs) He gets us there. I like my own belief is that if anybody's asking by that logic, is Ronaldo finished? He's been yeah. finished since like 2015 then. <laughs> because this is all he's been doing for the last five seasons. He's literally just been hanging around the box and waiting to push or score a spectacular game winner. Should, if you look at his stats, there's not been a significant decline. Mm-hmm. He's still scoring, what, 26, 28 goals a season in the league. That's what he's been doing. In the Serie A first season, yes, there was a those drop are off. Ridiculous numbers. Sorry, cut you off, but those are actually ridiculous numbers at any age group. Like that consistency. Because we look at him now, this season has not even finished. 22 games, 21 goals. That's not bad at all. And you'll be saying he's finished. I get that he's, he's dropped off a bit, if not a lot. But he's been doing this for five years consistently. So if you're saying he's finished, then he's been yeah, finished in La Liga a long time, like since he since they moved him from out wide to up front, like exactly. That's what you're talking about. Okay, well, I you all made very good points on that topic, and from what I'm deducing from what everything you people have said, I'm hearing that Ronaldo is not yet finished, but he's on his way. Moving on to the next topic, one that particularly interests me: Bruno Fernandez and Pogba in midfield. Uh, Man United already had Pogba, who is considered the most talented midfielder in the world at the moment. Mm, and then the ranks mm. adding Bruno Fernandes. Uh, Bruno Fernandes has played, oh, about, he, he's played about five games in the Premier League and he's already set the league on fire. We've seen what he can do. He has two goals and even outside of the goals, his passing, the energy he brings to the team, the way he talks to the other players, you could tell that this is a person with a different winning mentality. But uh, we're able to see him shine as Pogba is not yet back inside. So what do you guys think about Bruno and Pogba in midfield? Do you think um, that their powers will help each other or is it just going to be another Man United dud? And um, you, before Diaco gets on your run, I'll give a, a little United fan. Let's start with the non-United fans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll take let you guys talk. Let me just give a little uh, preamble on Bruno Fernandes because I'm a big fan. I understand the hype. He's a very good player. No but, doubt. United is very lucky to have him. But And Pogba, who is, I mean, according to everyone now, is one of the best midfielders in the world. The I best. I my objections uh, <laughs> later. The best. And we've heard a lot of noise now. Oh, United is back to full force and they're going to climb Chelsea and Leicester and come in third. I hear all the stories. I understand. There's a lot of interest, quote-unquote. But that midfield will be porous as hell. Because, I mean, Bruno Fernandes is a workhorse, but he's not a defensive player. 
Pogba is lazy. Like I'm not even going to say anything else. That dude is lazy. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to trying to hold it down, that dude doesn't want to. And we can disagree, but you know it's true. So I'm just wondering if they put the two of them together in that midfield, and you have let's say Rashford, Marcel, and uh, let's say Dan James up top. What's going to happen in front of Maguire and Lindelof exactly that's going to make you guys win every single game? Because if it's McTominay, that's a completely static player who I get, he does the job, but I mean, there's nothing special. So how is that any different from what's been going on? That's uh, all I have to say. I mean. Okay, wait. Let me, before, because I think I'm on the other side of your argument. Like, I genuinely think Pogba and Bruno Fernandes would actually be like a spectacular midfield because, okay, let's think about it this way. These two guys can, they know how to pass. Uh, they are very good at it. And obviously, defences are going to know that. And the way United kind of play, they they like that quick counter-attacking football. They want to, like, they have players for that. They have Rashford, Marshall, Dan James up top. Like, the, you know that oh, if, if, they, if the, other, the other team knows if they lose the ball, Pogba or Bruno can spread easily for them. So I feel like that was, that already pins teams back um, to to pretty much defend defend against that. And these two guys, they're, they're both very good, like from shooting outside the box. So that's already an extra um, factor slash feature that can be useful for them. And they don't both hold the ball. So Pog, I know Pogba Pogba holds onto the ball, but Bruno isn't particularly that type of player. So they're complementary in that sense that they don't like one person knows how to dribble, one person can dribble, one person can do whatever. Yeah, the other person doesn't necessarily have to be like and focus on controlling the game. And the two of them, like you can li- really say like they can dominate games. So there wouldn't be like they would easily keep possession. I think the only thing that I can say I agree with you, Chet, is if they lose the ball, because both Pogba and Bruno, they try outrageous passes. And they can finish a game with what seven something percent possession or whatever it is, and in that in those type of situations, you're susceptible to a counter attack. But I feel like they would know know about that. They would not counter that. It's, it's similar to Man City as well. They're also um, susceptible to counters. But it's just one of those things that if you're true to your own philosophy and if they're true to both Pogba and Bruno, they can easily get the best out of them, especially with the people they have up top as well. Uh, that's, yeah, I that's, get that. I, I truly get that. But like, just quickly before the echo comes in, that that means they're no longer going to be playing that counter-attacking football because they're going to have the ball most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, but still, and yeah. that leaves them exposed to that exact counter-attacking tactic. But any, which any, means they need a they need a like a ball-winning player to be there to cover up the gaps. And that's all I feel. That's the small problem I see there. But I understand that Bruno and Pogba will be exciting as hell. I I understand both points. And um, I even have like a third third concern I was talking about. I was talking to Kelly about like before we started recording. Um, Yeah, first off, definitely uh, both phenomenal players. Like you guys basically said everything. Um, Although what I think with regards to you know the whole no defensive cover. Like obviously it's a it's a it's a it's a position that needs to be filled because when you consider the fact that you know the concern is that oh they're both you know, they both try outrageous passes and you end up losing the ball and all that. Like 
Man City's midfield trio was literally, you know, David Silva, De Bruyne, and, you know, Fernandinho at some points. Like, yeah, for sure, you need to sign, you know, a hardworking, you know, hardworking you know, DM to you know, hold it down there. I mean, you know, something like maybe Thomas Partey. But at the end of the day, like in, in this moment right now, the problem with United is the fact that it's not it's not even like like barring like consistency and inconsistent performances. Our problem isn't even the big teams because we will go to Man City, destroy them on the counter attack. We'll hold it down against Liverpool. You know, nick a one nil, one nil there. Like those are you know difficult games. The problem is that we have great caliber of players. But we can't seem to break down the smaller teams, the Crystal Palaces, the the Waffers, the Bournemouths. You have two players like Pogba and Bruno. Like there is, there is all that is already enough to have opposition where one of them is already enough, and you have two. Like why not? Because you're going to dominate those games anyway. Might as well go ahead and do it. You know, do it from the jump. Yeah, like go all out. Like might as well just go all out because if you're struggling to break down teams, what's the point of you know having a defensive you know a defensive player there when it's like it's stagnant. You have a defensive player there, but there's no creativity. You're... Wait, Yaku, can I ask you a question? Um, so, which Pogba's best attributes are really his attacking attributes, his passing, his shooting, but because mm-hmm. he's big and strong. We've seen some managers like play him in a deeper role, and now that um, you have Bruno as well, who's also a, an attacking-minded midfielder. What do you mm-hmm. think is the best system to like balance it so that um, and you can also get the best um, of both of them attacking-wise? Yeah, definitely. For me, I still think definitely it's uh, this like they, they, they play in France, uh, probably on the left side of the midfield three. With uh, one holding DM, Matuidi or Kante or whoever, but with Bruno allowed to go further up. My only problem, my only, as a United fan, my only um, worry right now is we have a manager who lives and dies by the 4 2 3 1. And yeah, that allows Bruno to play in the number 10 role, but it makes Pogba, you know, much deeper. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, in recent, I kind years, of like that formation though, the four-two-three-one with Pogba and Bruno, because that kind of has some feelings of the like um, early Mourinho Chelsea with Lampard as that Pogba position. Like he plays in the eight, but he allows himself to like just drift into the box from time to time and ghost in on plays, which feels like something that Pogba can really thrive at. Do you think Pogba like, could be a box-to-box midfielder? I don't know. I'd say he was, but you know how everyone talks about his, his, his lack of defensive help and, and, and all that. So like, he's, he's just one of those guys who's allowed to have that free role. But I think Bruno is right. He definitely has to be more disciplined now. Like, yeah. that one is he has to be, he's going to be, have to be the more disciplined one because <laughs> we've seen Bruno play like, even before he came to United man that 
he will lose, Bruno is going to lose the ball, you know, copious amount of times. And like, um, like, like I think it was Chet who said, one of them is good at re- like ball retention. The other is good at, you know, they're both good at creating chances, but one of them is like, you know, direct chances and like quick passes, quick, quick distribution. And others good at like holding up the play and then seeking out, seeking out the pass. At the end of the day, it's good to have like that level of control. Again, like I want to blow as United fan, I want to blow the smaller teams away. Yeah, like okay. I'll add, I'll add two points to 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 what you're saying. Um, one is like you said, Pogba can play, or is it possible for Pogba to play as a box to box midfielder? Uh, I, I the only reason I'll say no is because I feel like he doesn't he doesn't have that concentration to last like that full 90 minutes to, to keep on going back and forth and like consistently do it like at both sides. I'm not saying that he's bad at either. I'm saying there'll be times where he'll have lapses um, yeah. in concentration. And we've seen that already. And they like United have been punished sometimes from it. But yeah. um as Ch- like for what Chetana was saying about um the midfield being porous, I've just like not not just the four four three three formation that can help with that, but I've just thought about the four one two one two. So if you have if you have Bruno playing in the ball um, as your ten, and then you see you have Rashford, uh, Marshall up top, and then you still have three, you still have three midfielders. So you have let's say you have Pogba, Fred, McTominay. Now you have a situation where Pogba, um, Pogba, um, Rashford, Marshall, and Bruno can like they have the license to yeah to yeah. go forward and. Obviously, they will sort out their positions when they're, they're up top and obviously, like, change around or switch it up a bit. But that way, you still have two midfielders back um, to, do, to do the dirty work if, if, like, if you really need to. And it's not like their fullbacks are particularly bad. So, um, I wouldn't say they would, like, there's any wingers that would give, like, give them trouble, particularly when they have someone like Wabi Saka. So, I feel like there's, there's, there's workarounds like around like the issues of um defensive um defensive like problems yeah midfielder. yeah so yeah those are just my two cents on on that topic yeah and last so uh, sorry lastly um the the four four one two four one two one two has actually i think always used it uh i think was it liverpool or city away mm-hmm. and, and it, it actually worked what my a second concern of mine is I hope that they don't use this uh, this Bruno signing as a replacement, like, because I know they say, okay, uh, Pogba is not going to be started against uh, Spurs. Like, I don't want a situation where, like, the substitution is going to be, you know, Pogba for Bruno, like, Bruno for Pogba, or, like, using one or the other. Like, you want to see them both, you know, maximize their strengths and, and build on that. Yeah, but that is but, a very valid fear. And yes. it makes me wonder. And is that the best thing for his career? Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately the best the best uh the best way that you know makes make sure all departments are covered would be getting that you know tenacious defensive midfielder because United is a team that actually thrives on with because of pace and everything, and all this talk about Sancho or whoever coming in, like 
yeah, you want to start playing, but I'm not a fan of like switching around formations and stuff. Like you want to start. I, I get. I get. You want to start building like a team. Mm-hmm. You have your players, so you have to start building the system. And yeah, I think. But the well, system, the system is based is based on the players. So yeah, depending on like the the quality or caliber of players and the profile of players that you have, that system can always change. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like I know United have always been a team that have that have loved their width. But if they have like a different if they have different profile of players that can that can work in a different formation, I don't see why they shouldn't change the system. Because I know Ole is not particularly flexible, but I feel like that's something he has to pick up on the job if he's if he's if he's willing to be serious, and if he's willing to actually like go for the title. Because you have to do, like you have now you have two world class midfielders. You have to find a way to accommodate both of them, whether he likes it or not. So yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, if City can do it with all their star players, it shouldn't. I don't think. He's not the Oli is not the first. Exactly. Oli, Oli, Oli. We'll have a deal for a whole deal for that guy. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so next topic. Okay, this one's going to be quick. Who do you think will be in the top six? Uh, we'll all go around and quickly see our top sixes. I'll start first. I see Liverpool in this order. Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Chelsea fan, that's uh, <laughs> that's a little blue to the chest, but <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, let me just quickly because I think I have mine all set, and uh, in the in the order, it's Liverpool, City, Chelsea, mm-hmm. Leicester. Sheffield, then United. Bumbo clat. Listen to mine. Listen to mine. I have I have Leicester completely fallen out of the top four. Wow. I'm not gonna lie to you. My top okay, my, my top six is Liverpool, Man City, um Man United, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs. This Spurs resurgence you guys are seeing. I'm not seeing it, man. I haven't seen it either. I can't lie. With Mourinho, I haven't seen it either. (laughs) Hold on. on. I have to clock that. First of all, Leicester Leicester are on a drop-off because the the Brendan Rodgers sabotage has already started. We'll get into that probably in another episode. That's like that's a different agenda on its own. But the Brendan I have Rodgers, a point on that about the lesser thing. But let Adam just give us his top six. And okay, hold, on, hold on, real quick. And consider that Leicester still have to play Everton, United, uh, Spurs, and Arsenal in their last games. So okay. I, I I feel they will drop off. They will drop off. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. So. The last two two, two like two um predictions that I've heard, I, all I've all I've heard is I, now I know there's a Chelsea fan, there's a United fan. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. For me, I'll say Liverpool, City, Leicester, Chelsea, mm, United. I feel like the last like the last of the six is very tricky. I, I really can't say. Um, hmm, you know what? I'll go with Arsenal. 
Wow. I'll go with Arthur and... and I think I to Arsenal. <laughs> um, just for a number of reasons. Because right now, they, they, they have a game in hand. And if they win that, that's, yeah, like, they move up to... Um, for t- like two for three points. That's literally like six. Exactly, and and also like the Leicester thing you guys were talking about. I feel like the games you called, they're all winnable games for Leicester. Like they've they've shown this season that they don't like they do well against like big teams, like bar like Liverpool and City because they always twerk for them. But like after those teams, like they actually they actually play very well against everyone else. Like they've actually done very well this season, and I don't see why they shouldn't. Like yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't keep that's that. What I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like drop off has had already started. Like the teams, the teams that they face are teams that also have stuff to fight for because mm-hmm. everyone's fighting for that extra Champions League spot. First of all, now that City's not going to be there, let the, uh, not confirmed yet. That's not confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Leicester fight. Leicester have to play Chelsea at home. Arsenal away, Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield United at home, uh, Spurs away, and United in their last game. One, two, three, four, five, six of those games out of the last what ten are very tricky games because all the all six of those teams have stuff at stake. Even Sheffield are fighting for something this season. So, like, honestly, I see them falling off. I don't think Brandon Rodgers. I don't think he has the bottle for it. Okay, can I just like get in on this Leicester discussion? Because you guys are saying this solely because of form. And you forget to notice the real reason why their form went on a dip towards the end of that half of the season. And that was because Wilfred Ndidi was injured. Exactly. And 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 we should we should treat this season like we should treat this like comeback now as pretty like pretty much as a whole new season. Yes, as a whole new season, because everyone's going to be back. And everyone has any momentum. But still, to that point, that means all these teams are at full strength. Yeah. Yeah. And they forget that when everybody else was at full strength, Leicester was still beating them. Yeah, exactly. So it's not. No, no, no. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that. I think that that's not a. That's that's a false equivalence. Uh. (laughs) I get the. I get the distinction. I get the argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For example, let's just look at it purely on a who had the better form. When everybody was hundred percent, and based on that logic, I feel like Leicester, yeah, they're going to have a problem getting back into things, but they had the most solid team when they were all on hundred percent, and I feel like that is going to they're going to have a little wobble. Maybe they'll drop off to fourth, and somebody passes them. But I don't see them leaving the top. Five. Yeah, I don't see them leaving the top six at least. Like they, they. No, no, no. I think they're top six. I said top four. Mm. Maybe they'll scratch fourth, but uh, they might think they might even the yeah fifth. Oh. All right, lad. That has been the first episode of the Bass Football Show. Yes, Good one, yeah. Very good one. Goodbye from the Bad Football Show, where everyone's an expert. The home of agendas, vendettas, and everything in between. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a blessed day.